Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, hey, hey. Friday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We are loaded this afternoon as we get you set for Ole Miss Mississippi State. Game one from Starkville. Super Bulldog weekend, and we're going to start things out today on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We've got a pitcher hitting leadoff, former pitcher hitting leadoff. Jay Powell joins us, Mississippi State legend, World Series champion. He was the winning pitcher in Game 7 of the 1997 uh, World Series win for the uh, then Florida Marlins, and uh, he's getting ready to coach this afternoon, squeezing us in. Jay, I appreciate it, man. How are you? Doing good, Rich. How are you guys doing? It's great to catch up with you. I appreciate it, and we'll, we'll get you out of here in just a few minutes. I, I'm curious, given that we've got the last two national champions in college baseball, if you're looking around Mississippi and, and the college landscape going, what in the heck is going on? <laughs> I think there's a lot of people doing that right now. Um, yeah, I mean, it's strange. Uh, you know, somebody told me the other day, they said, Buster, say no miss, must have sold their, their uh, baseball soul to get a national championship. Um, I mean, because it is, it's strange, but you know, they're kind of honestly a mirror image of each other as far as their issues. Um, but you know, there, there are positions now where, you know, neither one of these programs had ever thought they'd probably be after winning a national championship. Yeah, I would agree with that. When you look at Mississippi State and, and you think about the weekend they had last weekend, they get two out of three from Alabama. Can that be the spark that turns this team around or? Are there some issues that just can't be overcome, period? Well, I'll say this about, about them. Um, last year, there were some issues that I didn't think could be over, overcome. I really didn't. I said, you know, this just, just they don't have it. It's not there. Um, watching this team is a little different. Um, I do, are they a great team? No, they're not. Um, they're a very talented young team. And, you know, youth in the SEC isn't really, doesn't work very well. Um, but I, I think the whole deal with them has been obviously the inability to throw strikes because they're, some of their pitchers are talented enough to get guys out in the conference and keep them in ball games and win enough conference games to probably make a postseason. It's just they, they're not throwing it across the plate. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Um, and if they can't do that, then no, they're, they're not going to be able to do anything because it's, it's got to start there. 
Jay, Brian, hey, Dad. You, you talked about the pitching and the free passes have been such an issue for there. Is that a coaching issue? Is there a disconnect between what Scott Foxhall is teaching and what the pitchers are doing? Where's the issue? Because, like you said, these are talented pitchers. At least that's what we believe. Well, you know, it's – I mean, I can tell you this firsthand. Nobody's more frustrated than Scott Foxhall. I mean, he's putting his sweat and blood and guts into that pitching staff. Um I think part of it is a little bit maybe philosophy-oriented. Um, you know, that pitching staff is a big, you know, they're they're a strikeout group. I mean, they, they kind of work toward a strikeout. Well, the issue with that is you've got to miss bats to strike guys out. And if you don't have exceptional stuff, it leads to a lot of kind of nitpicking, trying to miss bats instead of pitching to contact. So all of a sudden, you know, you strike out 12, but you walk eight. And that's just a tough night because two things. One, too many free passes. And two, pitch counts just go through the roof. So you got guys with four innings at, you know, 97 pitches, and you're having to go get them. And then that taxes the bullpen. So you can see where it just kind of creates a vicious cycle. Um, I think that is a kind of the overriding issue is, the inability to pitch to contact and, you know, trying maybe to, to be too fine, so to speak, and not challenging guys, um, I think it's really, really what has got them in trouble. Jay, they're, they're using TrackMan to, to track balls and strikes this year, and umpires are being graded on that. And the strike right. zone has gotten tighter. Coaches have, have talked about that. I, I, I no don't question. know if it's exactly a major league strike zone, but it, it's closer than, than it ever has been. How hard is the adjustment to go from what the college strike zone was to what it is now? Well, that, you're exactly right. And, and, look, that has something to do with it, no question. Um, what I have seen, I, I, I think, earlier in the year, watching it, it looked like a very, very, very tight zone, meaning yeah. you have to be on the white of the plate, not the black. You have to hit the white of the plate. Hmm. I feel like the last couple series I've seen – Looks like it's loosening up a little bit. Maybe that's just certain umpires. Um, but there's no question. I mean, I, I talked to a, other coaches in the conference. They said the same thing. You know, it, it's a different game now um, because of the strike zone. So um, that absolutely plays a part in it also. Hey, let me ask you this. I feel like forever we've heard about pitchers working down in the zone, right? You don't want to be middle-middle because that's where you get into trouble, and so you're trying to work. But with – the changes and them calling more high strikes is working up in the zone. Is that a safe place to be? Maybe in the top no. third of the zone. If, if you have a high spin rate fastball, possibly. Um, but if you don't, absolutely, it's not a good place to be. <laughs> <Speaking> <laughs> okay. I was a low spin rate sinker all guy. Um, so you know, but that, but 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 that's what they're all teaching now. I mean, that's that's you know, get in the middle of the zone, get up in the zone and basically throw it as hard as you can. And that's what a lot of these guys are doing. Now, if you've got Landon Sims and Will Bednar and some of these elite arms, then that's fine. Um, but if you've got guys that can't create that high spin rate and pitch up there, it's trouble. So, yeah, if you've got an umpire that's not giving you bottom of the knees, um, then you're in trouble. But I honestly, I haven't seen, to me, like, I, I don't think I've seen the strike zone shrink low i've seen it shrink more side to side yeah, um I agree I, with that. I, that's that's what i've kind of seen 
Um, so, and, and look, that obviously makes it harder to pitch. Um, you got to center cut the plate. It makes it hard. Greg Maddox would hate this strike zone. Well, and, but the, the, the flip side of that is any umpire, I don't care who they are, if you prove to that umpire you can hit that spot consistently, and if you're a ball, a lot of times you're going to get it. Um, yeah. So the, the other issue is when, you, when you're not able to do that and you're behind the count, what do you got to do? The zone shrinks because as a pitcher, you've got to throw a strike, and that's when you get bloodied. Um, and that's been a lot of the issues as far as what's happening up there. How does this weekend play out, Jay? <laughs> Man, I don't know. Um, I think both teams, this is probably the most – look, this is probably two of the – maybe not as – I don't know. I don't want to say bad because I don't think either team's bad, um, but just maybe not where they should be, I guess you could say, as a program of any series we've ever had. But it, honestly, it may be the most important series for these programs over the last 10 years. Because normally, when this series rolls around, one's 10, one's maybe 12 or 5 or 3. Both are going to a regional, and it's just about who's going to be able to poke their chest out in the state next year. This is different. To me, this is about, hey, if you don't win this series, your road to postseason gets mighty thin. For both of them, mm-hmm. um, because and so both of them, I think, are looking at it as we have got to win this series if we're going to have any chance to play and make it a Hoover. Jay, two guys in this series that can hit the ball a long way: Kemp Alderman for Ole Miss and Dakota Jordan for Mississippi State. I want to focus on Jordan for a second. You obviously played a long time in the major leagues. You know what major league hitters look like. What's the ceiling of this freshman? Uh, just a freak athlete. Um, he's doing exactly what I think a, a lot of folks that followed him thought he'd do. He's going to look really bad some days um, because he's a young, aggressive hitter, um, and you can you can you can learn to control that. But you know, the days he's right, it, it's going to be he's going to do things that not many people can do. Um, you know, and and he's starting to be able to kind of get that under control, and you're starting to see him now take some of the the breaking balls and hit them to right center. Um, you know, he's not so pull happy. He's, he's realized I can hit this ball out any part of the field, but he's got to learn a little more discipline. And if he does, he's going to be one of the best players in the conference and a potential first rounder. And I, I don't think that's surprising anybody. I mean, that's, that's how good that kid could possibly be. All right. You got a double header coming up. Tell us what you got tonight. Uh, we got Park Lane. We're down here in Macomb playing the Pioneers. Uh, four o'clock doubleheader. So uh, we got to got to hopefully take care of business down here. I made a little trip to Macomb, so that's what that's what we got going. And then I'll come home tonight and head to Stark Vegas tomorrow and work with Jim tomorrow and uh, Sunday. Well, we appreciate your time. Thanks for squeezing us in. Good luck to uh, to you and your ball club this afternoon. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. Uh, anytime, man. Thanks, guys. You're the best. Jay Powell, Mississippi State, former Mississippi State pitcher, taking in the first round. Won a World Series with the Florida Marlins, now the Miami Marlins, and all-around good dude. I had as much fun, hey, Dad, working with Jay Powell in the Conway, South Carolina Regional. Three or four, good grief, maybe it's five years ago now. Coastal Carolina, it was Coastal Carolina, LIU Brooklyn, they were the four seed. And then you had Washington and Yukon. Those were the four teams for a couple of guys from Mississippi calling it in South Carolina. 
We had a right. blast. I bet you learn. I bet you learned some things about baseball sitting next to Jay Powell, though. Yeah, we uh, we certainly had a good time. That gets us started. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll, we'll be right back with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial! Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Kind of hit the ground running on this Friday afternoon with you. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, it's the home of, well, a lot. There's a lot at Pearl River Resort. We're not quite ready to talk about the water park. we got events coming up, but we are ready to talk about Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Everything is green now. It's just in like in the last three days, it's popped. All the oak trees have got leaves on them. Flowers are blooming, at least the ones that didn't get killed by that hard freeze in December that are going to have to be replaced. Yards are looking better. Dancing Rabbit Golf Club's looking good as well. You can book your tee time. Plan your trip online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. That's dancingrabbitgolf.com. Love to hear from you this afternoon. C Spire text line is open, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business. Find out more online at cspire.com slash business. Game one, three-game series tonight, 6 o'clock from Duty Noble in Starkville. Jack Doherty on the mound for Ole Miss. Cade Smith on the mound for Mississippi State. couple of right-handers, both with numbers that are not as good as you would like to see. Jack Doherty's ERA for the season is 6.57. Cade Smith, limited action. He's got a 7.5 ERA. Game two, lefty Xavier Rivas for Ole Miss. His ERA is 522. He's which pitching is, lately better than 522. He's, he's come on and given them some... Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the very few bright spots on this team lately is him. Landon Gartman tomorrow on the mound for Mississippi State. His ERA seven point zero nine. Uh, JT Quinn going on Sunday for Ole Miss in Game Three five point one eight ERA. We're getting down there now. That is the lowest that's the, starting. That's ERA. the lowest one. That's, that's the, the lowest, lowest one. ERA of any starter in the and matchup between the last two national champions. The six starting pitchers have a low ERA of five point one eight. And for Mississippi State on Sunday, Gerangelo Sanjo will pitch. He's 3-2 and two on the year with a 5.76 earned run average. So, those are your starting arms. It feels, going into this weekend, like you're going to have to score some runs. Yep. Maybe a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you go ahead and expect your opponent to score runs this weekend. How's that? Whatever side you're on... If you're a State fan, Ole Miss is going to score runs this weekend. They're going to. If you're an Ole Miss fan, State's going to score runs this weekend. They're going to. Yeah, I told you all 
all basketball season long, take the under on Mississippi State uh, basketball. This this weekend, take the over. All three games. They got baseball um, lines the in for some baseball. Yeah, we do. I'm pretty sure you can get them. Yeah, yeah. I'll be. I'm going to be settled in for some games. I'm. I'm expecting even with the pitch clock, three plus hour, three and a half hour games, because nobody can pitch. Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to ask you. I mean, do you think any of the games are sub three hour this weekend? No, I think they're. I think. I mean, no. I think they're all going to be like seven, six, eight, oh, seven. One of these no. six guys, or, or are they? You know, maybe not. But it feels like one of these six guys is going to give you something. I mean, Rivas, like I said before, he has shown you. Now, hasn't exactly been as efficient as you would like him to be, but he's a guy that that can. Gerangelo can as well. I mean, we we've seen these guys at well, at, at what, times shut down. Lineups. What I would ask you about Rivas. And, and I think this is why State moved Gerangelo to Sunday. Rebots is a true freshman, right? It's a transfer. Transfer. A JT, transfer? Quinn. Well, JT Quinn yeah. is the true freshman. Yeah. Okay. With, with Rebots, I was like, he's going to pitch in front of 15,000, 16,000 people yeah. on Saturday. Is he up for that? Is he up for that challenge? I mean, that, that crowd's going to be hot. He transferred so. from a Division II school. So he said in his first okay, outing at Ole Miss, he pitched in front of more people than... Uh, combined at his previous stop. Yeah, so I believe it. So yeah, this this the crowds this weekend they are expecting huge. They they expect to break the record on Saturday. Yeah, yeah isn't that funny? By the way, I mean, it, the, uh, let's not parse words. Oh, no. These teams stink. These are stinky baseball teams, <laughs> and yeah. and you're gonna have insane crowds. And it, the, the same. Like when Ole Miss hosts LSU next weekend, you're going to have insane crowds. Regardless of the result this weekend, you're going to have five figures of crowds for three games mm-hmm. to watch not good teams play. Hey, what would you guess? 13,000 ish tonight, close to 16,000 yeah. tomorrow, and then 12, 13,000 Sunday, kind of depending on how the first two games go? Yeah, obviously, if Ole Miss were to get the first two, that Sunday crowd would be would be much lower. But yeah, tonight twelve to thirteen, I would think, and then tomorrow, I mean, I think they're going to push over sixteen. Is what they're 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 pretty confident of. Wow. And then Sunday will be what it is. Um, I do not have a run line, and I do not have a total. But in terms of a money line, Ole Miss is a minus one sixty favorite tonight. Mississippi State is a plus 120 underdog. And so what that means is if you bet Ole Miss and you're using $100 as your baseline, you got to bet 160 to win a 100. And if you bet Mississippi State, you bet 100 to win 120. But the, the team has to win outright. So that's on uh, the Pearl River Resort app where they've got those, which you've got to be on property to, uh, to bet those. At Pearl River Resort, but that's a reason to go to the sports book if you want to do it. There are a lot of directions that we can go when we uh, when we talk about this. Yeah, uh, Borky, where do we start? Ooh, let's see. Uh, let, let's start with pitching, actually, because um, do you know the answer to this question? The the two guys that missed uh, the midweek games this week for Ole Miss will they be available? Because health is a positive, mound health is a positive for state right now, 
And Mountain Health is not a positive for Ole Miss right now. Yeah, no, that that's correct. I, no, I don't have an update. Um, I guess we'll see then, the, huh? The last thing we heard from Mike Bianco was that he expected Mitch Morrell, well, he expected Braden Jones to be good to go this weekend. And Mitch Morrell, they were hopeful. He had some back soreness, and he told us that sometimes his back gets sore, and the next day he feels fine. So, I don't know. Hmm. We'll we'll have to kind of wait and see on that. So, so that's that's where I want to start. Is I mean, you mentioned the starters, but if these because offenses... Mitch Morrell would be the first out of the bullpen following Jack Doherty, most likely, depending on the way the game is going, based on how the season has has been played so far. Yeah. And so if these offenses do what we think they're going to do, and these pitchers, and all six of them, have shown a propensity to run their pitch counts up pretty quickly. So is the biggest X factor in this series bullpen? Health or health withstanding? Is that the the biggest factor in this series, you think? Yeah, but I, I I might couch it in a different way. I might say, yes, bullpen is the biggest factor, but in saying bullpen is the biggest factor, who's got somebody that comes out and pitches better than they have been? Yeah, true. Because both teams have had issues with guys out of the bullpen. Hey, Dad, just just kind of based on the way the season is gone. You're so generous. You're so generous when you just say issues. Like, "Ah, it's just some issues. They have had problems. Tomato, tomato. (laughs) <laughs> let, let, let's let say that Cade Smith gives you tonight somewhere between four and two-thirds and six innings. Mm-hmm. And let's say it's a, a two-run game when he comes out of the game. One way, I'm not saying which way. State's up two, state's down two. Right. Maybe it's a one-run game when he comes out of the game. Who is the most right. likely to guy to get the ball first out of the bullpen following Cade Smith? My my initial thought is Casey Hunt. Okay. Wasn't Casey Hunt the one who came in and had a really big performance in Game 3 of the series in Oxford last year? I'd have to go back and, and, and look. I don't recall, but possibly. I mean, that's, or, or, that's a long time ago between these two teams. I don't remember if it was that, or maybe he pitched early in the series and got hit hard and then came back and pitched really well on Saturday, which would have been game three. Maybe I'm making that up, but for some reason that name kind of stands out to me. I'll pull up Ole Miss's stuff from last year. Yeah. So so why Casey Hunt? I just think that's that's the first choice. You want you don't want to bring in Nate Dome unless you know you feel confident you're going to close out the game. You're talking about four and two thirds, so you're talking about bringing him in in the uh, in the, you know, the bottom of the fifth inning. I mean, we talked when I talked to Lamonis on Monday. He he made it pretty clear he'd like to get Dome twice in a weekend if he could. I don't know if giving him a four inning stint would be the way to do that. Okay. So Casey Hunt's probably the next option there. All right, we'll uh, we'll see. We got more coming up with you. We'll continue to talk Ole Miss Mississippi State baseball game one tonight, six o'clock. Duty Noble in Starkville. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Mississippi communication system is a go. go. This, this is... 
Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. All right, so last year in three games in Oxford between Mississippi State and Ole Miss, that was a Thursday-Friday-Saturday series last year. Hey, Dad. And there were just over 35,000 for the three games. Uh, The Thursday game, first game of the series, had 10,474. The second game of the series was 12,078. And then that Saturday, game three, was 12,503. That's a incredibly good attendance combined over the course of three games. 35,000 people for college baseball. There's a very legitimate chance there are going to be 40,000 people that watch these three games in Starkville this weekend. Yes. And and possibly a touch more. I mean, if you go 13,000, 16,000, 11,000, that's 40,000 for the weekend. Right. Yeah. And and that's not a stretch at all. I was looking... Yeah, all right, so so let's clean up what we were talking about a second ago before the break. So game two was a game that Mississippi State won, and they did it with a lot of offense late in the game. Ole Miss was leading 4-1 to one going into the sixth, then it was 4-3, to three, but State scored two in the sixth. Let off, uh, didn't they have back-to-back-to-back home runs to start that game, Ole Miss? The, yes. Well, yeah, State took a one nothing lead, then they got... Home runs from Justin Bench, Jacob Gonzalez, and Tim Elko in the first yeah. inning. Man, I forgot. About I remember that. a certain. I remember the announcer was really giddy about that. Did I do that game? <laughs> yes, you did. Wow. Kind of had forgotten about that. Um, but State came to life offensively late in the game. Two runs in the sixth, four in the seventh, and three in the eighth. Yeah. Ole Miss got three back in the bottom of the eighth, but too little, too late. So, what we were talking about from a pitching standpoint, Preston Johnson started that game with five innings, and if you remember, I mean, got, like, rocked early. The fact that he went five innings and threw 103 pitches in the game after giving up back-to-back-to-back in the bottom of the first was really impressive. And then Pico Khan came in, and then Casey Hunt pitched the last two innings of that game, and it just didn't factor into the decision. But he gave up three runs. And Ole Miss got four hits off of him. So what did State do? Well, you remember game three was an 11-inning game that Mississippi State won 7-6. Ole Miss tied it up with two runs in the bottom of the ninth to make it 6-6. Neither team scored in the 10th. State got a run in the top of the 11th on a Brad Cumbest home run. And Casey Hunt pitched the final two and two-thirds. So he went two innings on Friday, turned around and went two and two-thirds on Saturday and got the win. In game three. So he factored bigly into that series a year ago. Bigly. He did. Hugely. Big. Yes. And I think he'll be a factor. You know, the whole, the MSU bullpen will be a, the bullpens for both teams are going to be factors because they haven't been good. So whoever's better is probably going to win. The uh, the series, yeah, factors a two way street, right? It's uh, there's there's positive yeah. factors and negative that's right. factors. You can be yeah. a negative factor. Here, here's something else that's kind of crazy. Is I was going back and looking at the the box scores from those three games, and then oh by the way, the two teams played after the season con- or the the series concluded. They played three days later in the Governor's Cup in Jackson. 
So, game one last year, Brandon Smith started, Drew Talley, Cam Teller, Jackson Fristo out of the bullpen, Dylan DeLucia, complete game, nine innings, five hits, 117 pitches for Ole Miss. Five pitchers combined in the game, not one of them on either roster this year. Yeah. Game two. You, going back to that game. Oh, I'm sorry. That, that was game one. I thought you said the Governor's Cup. Okay. You're right. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, that was game one. Game two. Yeah. Preston Johnson, Pico Khan, Casey Hunt, Connor Cone. Con. Con's out. Con. Preston, Preston Johnson's gone. Casey Hunt's back. Game two. Elliot Hunter, out. Riley Maddox, out. Jack Doherty, starting game one. Brandon Johnson, trying to get his way, work his way to the big leagues. And Mason Nichols struggling. Those are the pitchers from game two. Game yeah. three. Cade Smith missed a bunch of time. He's starting game one. Cam Teller gone. Jackson Frisco gone. Pico Khan out. Casey Hunt, we just talked about him. For Ole Miss, Derek Diamond gone. Josh Mallett's out. Jackson Kimbrell, it's been a struggle. Jack Doherty, again, starting tonight. Brandon Johnson gone. Wow. So you replaced all these pitchers with worse guys. Because neither one of the both of those teams are just these teams are better were better pitching a year ago than they are this year. Yeah. And is that that's rough. These two teams recruit well enough that you would think that yeah. shouldn't be the case. And I know Ole Miss is, uh, like if if Ole Miss had the three pitchers that have been out, things are the conversation's probably different. Not probably, it is different. Yeah. However, not portaling better with pitchers in hindsight appears to be a big mistake with uh, with these two programs. Yeah, I mean, State just got a couple of relievers, basically. You know, they got uh, Aaron Nixon, they got Nate Dome, who've been good, and they got, you know, Tyler Davis, who has not been good. But they did not go, I mean, they, they made a hard push for Paul Skeens. And, I mean, I feel pretty confident saying they came second place for that one. But second place gets you the same thing that tenth place gets you. Absolutely nothing. So Yeah, and by the yeah, way, they, Paul they, Skeens they, last night was very average and struck out 13. <laughs> very. For, for, for Paul Skeens, he was very mm-hmm. average against Kentucky last night. Kentucky's this, starting, to, starting to go downhill a little bit here. Yeah. As uh, one Brian Hayden had predicted, did you see uh, the the first hit that Paul Skeens gave up was a home run to Dylan Cruz in his career? I didn't really? know that. That's yeah. interesting. Um, by the way, LSU you can't beat them, like, join them, huh, Paul? Yeah, LSU looked like they had a fairly significant injury with uh, Gavin Dugas at second base last night. Diving yeah. for a ball up the middle, came down, looked initially like it was his shoulder. But maybe more like oblique kind of side injury. Point that out because injuries are starting to. That's who Ole Miss plays next week. So injuries are starting to catch up. Yeah, the injuries are starting to catch up with the Tigers a little bit. They got some pitching injuries, and now players in the field they they they're not very healthy. I had somebody ask me last night about that, and they said, "Is LSU last year's Tennessee?" And I thought that's an interesting question, but I think the reason they would lose would be different. I think Tennessee lost because of. Culture, demeanor, whatever adjective you want to use. I, I don't think mentally they were good enough to, to handle that. LSU's falling apart physically. Yeah, but Notre Dame, I mean, I, I think you're selling Notre Dame a little short as well. Tennessee was the best team in America up until that point. 
They, I mean, you you saw what they did to the national champion right there in front of your face for three days. I mean, they they were unflappable. They they were dominant on the mound. They they matched the baseball better than everybody else. And then a bunch of vets came in and beat them in their place. Yeah. Yeah. Who, Who were just completely and totally prepared and calm through the environment, and Tennessee had an emotional meltdown. But I thought it was an interesting question. LSU, for for weeks, has been, oh, they're untouchable. Best team in America. Oh, my gosh, have you seen LSU play? And another another injury, and you're looking at them differently. LSU is a good team, but they are not. I mean, they may be the best team in college baseball this year, but they are not super untouchable, elite, the way Tennessee was for most of the year last year. I mean, they have they haven't swept the series yet, right? They you, maybe not until this weekend. I mean, yeah, you maybe had, this weekend they will. But I mean, yeah. we'll see. You had people stupidly, mind you, but you had people asking if Tennessee could compete with the major league, one of the, the worst major league teams, at points oh, last yeah. year. It's very stupid, but you that, that's that's how dominant they looked. Hey, and by the way, coming out of the series. In Oxford last year, Mississippi State walked away from Oxford from Swayze on that Saturday, twenty-four and seventeen, eight and ten in the SEC, and then proceeded to lose eleven of their next twelve games in conference play. Right? I mean, you can go a step further. They won the the Friday game against Missouri and then didn't win again. Right. Which is also eleven yeah. out of twelve. Seven well, yeah, but you know, I like I like they lost eleven straight. Ole Miss walked out of that series six and twelve. They went to Fayetteville the next weekend, got beat two out of three, and they were, you've heard it before, I think, a time or two, seven and fourteen. And then they swept Missouri, they swept LSU, they lost two of three to Texas AM. They got beat by Auburn in the SEC tournament. And then they got in by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin. And you know what happened from there. I guess I'd point that out to say the series is a week earlier this year than it was. That was week six last year. This is week five. There's a lot that can happen in the second half of SEC play. But, I mean, look, we just saw it, right? We've seen it with Mississippi State as well. A team that looks like they're going nowhere and in a hurry, and then all of a sudden they get hot down the stretch, and they're a team that you don't want to see. I thought Jay Powell said it well. I don't think either of these teams are necessarily bad baseball teams, but neither is where they expect to be right now, and that kind of underscores the importance of this series. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll wrap up the 3 o'clock hour with you coming up next. Back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling. On Super Talk Mississippi. Two games last night got the SEC weekend started. The first was Kentucky and LSU. LSU winning 16-6 in eight innings. LSU hit 
two grand slams and also had a three-run home run, I think. Um, trying to remember. Braden Bear had one of the grand slams. Nah, it doesn't matter. So 16-6 LSU game one. Texas A&M beat Missouri game one as well, 13-5 last night. That one was kind of back and forth early, and then Texas A&M pulled away. And so that brings you to the uh, the full slate. Obviously, those two series continue tonight. 6 o'clock in Starkville, Ole Miss and Mississippi State. 6 o'clock in Aggieland, Missouri and Texas A&M. 6 o'clock in Tuscaloosa, little rivalry series here with Auburn and Alabama. 6 o'clock in Gainesville, Georgia and Florida, Game 1. 6 o'clock tonight in Nashville, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. How about that? That, that is a series right there. LSU-Kentucky gets started at 6.30, and then it's 7 tonight on SEC Network, Tennessee at Arkansas. And, yes, we know there can be some drama with Tony Vitello back in a place that once adored him. Now not so much. Not so much. Dave Van Horn's former recruiting coordinator. Arkansas, by the way, flipping the bats. Pimping home runs. Not doing it the right way. I bet Dominic Ficicello hates it. Just hates <laughs> it. Did you oh. have you seen uh what the Orioles are doing? They're having fun. That they they are having fun. It's you know, and some people don't like it. I mean they've they've gotten some criticism, but for example, uh, when a guy hits a home run, they wait until they get into the dugout. But they have a huge beer bong. You guys know what I'm talking about. But they don't funnel a beer in it. Obviously, they put water or Gatorade or whatever. But the home run hitter has to get down on his knees and, and funnel <laughs> funnel liquid when he gets to the dugout after he hits a home run. Hmm. There's a, a guy that does when he hits a double or when he gets to second does a, a sprinkler celebration. I think Brad Cumbus, what it think of what Brad Cumbus was doing. He was pretending to be a DJ, but it looks very similar. And everybody in the dugout takes a sip of water, and when he points at them, they all spit it out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> They're just man. having a blast playing baseball, as it should be. That's a little bit of a trickle-up effect, right? I mean, Major League Baseball yeah. has not done that. That's been a college baseball thing. You hit a double, you get on base, and you do your, you know, you ride a motorcycle, or you shoot a bow and arrow, or you do the water sprinkler, or you know, do the salsa. And that's the kind of stuff that uh, until recently would have, you know, you, you get one thrown in the small of your back the next time you come to the plate or the next guy gets beamed. And that seems to be more going away. And they've cut loose a little bit. Yeah, and especially it, from all the videos I've seen, it doesn't look like the Orioles are showing up opponents. It's all like within the team, not like if they hit a double, the guy looks at the pitcher and does something. It's all like within the confines of themselves, you know what I mean? So it makes it a lot more acceptable as opposed to if it's in your own dugout, you know what I mean? It just feels like it's a little bit more palatable for everybody when it's not doing something, directing it towards your opponent. It's within yourselves. Does home field advantage matter in the SEC? And, and, And here's what I'm asking. Mississippi State's the home team this weekend. You think about teams playing better at home. 
But I mean in terms of like an intimidation factor. Like you remember, hey Dad, when um, when Stanford was in Starkville a few years ago for the Super Regional. Yeah. That environment felt too big for them. But when you the, play the in the SEC schools. and you, you you have big home crowds yourself, you go to LSU, you go to Arkansas, you've been to Mississippi State. Is it more of just an overall great environment? Or is there an intimidation factor? State Ole Miss, LSU, Arkansas, and I would say Texas A&M does a good job of getting under people's skin. You know, when A&M they start they start counting the balls. That's I mean that that gets people off their game. So those those five would be the ones I would point to and say, yes, they can have an adverse effect on an opponent. But can they have an adverse effect on each other? Given that the teams that play in those environments on the regular yes. basis on their own, when they go to an the, environment, the same way, that, the same way in football that you know Alabama plays in front of big crowds, but when they go to Tiger Stadium, I mean they can be rattled a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe it's just history. Maybe it's been they've been so good for so long. That, you know, despite some recent success, it feels to me like LSU is the place where it can snowball on you faster than anywhere else. You can, absolutely. And, I agree and, with that. I agree and, with and that, yeah. I, I think Mississippi State deserves credit for this. I know LSU fans deserve credit for it. They have a way of LSU's down in a game late and can will them to a win. I feel like that Mississippi State crowd has done that in the past with this baseball team as I well. I agree. So, yeah. We'll see if that turns into a thing this weekend. One hour in the books, Sports Talk Mississippi. More coming up with you after this. Right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Here, Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We are going to call an audible. We're going to throw you off your game a little bit. We will apologize in advance for those of you who set your clock by the college football fix to start the 5 o'clock hour. We want to give ourselves a little more time on the college football fix today and uh, move it up an hour. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. Find out why the best-selling trucks are built for tough. And remember, the Ford F-150, best-selling truck in America, 46 straight years. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. This weekend and next weekend, kind of the, the final hoorah on spring games. We've got two of them happening here in the Magnolia State, Mississippi State. As part of Super Bulldog weekend, we'll have their maroon and white game tomorrow. Ole Miss will play uh, the Grove Bowl tomorrow as well. 2 o'clock for Ole Miss's spring game, uh, SEC Network Plus, ESPN Plus. Mississippi State, what time do they go? What time do they start with football? Noon. Okay, so it's at noon. noon. And then baseball is at 3, right? 3, yeah. Okay, so should be time to do both and get from one to the other. Yeah, absolutely. Get my, so, my, get my first taste of my new seat in the uh, Davis-Wade Stadium because... 
They're uh, they're doing some work in the press box, which I'm pretty sure they're going to turn into premium seating. Mm-hmm. So I'll be in the end zone for the first time. I'm excited. Ooh, ooh, not great. You know what? I'm I'm never going to complain about having a free seat in the uh, the stadium. That's fair. I uh, I have I have no issue with that. So yeah. there are a lot of coaches that don't necessarily put a lot into the spring game, and then there's some that do. What are what's the most interesting thing for you, Haydad, to watch tomorrow for Mississippi State? I was on earlier with uh, Cole Kublik, and as a former center, I told him I was like. I think I'm more excited to see a snap under center than I am anything else. I haven't seen one in five years at Mississippi State, so we'll see how that goes. Did, did um, you get a big amen from Cole Kublik? I got him on that, and then he asked me uh, if I own, could own an NFL franchise, who would I buy? And I said I would buy the Saints and make him my director of player personnel. He was very excited about that. Oh, good. I also good. said I was going to bar- I have to borrow your money to buy this franchise. So. Uh, Catching strays in Birmingham radio, Richard. Yeah, well, it was fantastic. They both laughed, so it was all good. Um, to answer your question, you know, I feel like everybody is is so focused on the offense, and they should be, right? That's where all the changes this off season. You know, you've got n- new new look, new formations, new new philosophies. I get all that, but state should be pretty good defensively this year. So, you know, when we're looking at this tomorrow. I want to see how the new guys in the secondary perform. You know, you got a bunch of new faces back there. You got to replace Emmanuel Forbes first and foremost, but you also got to replace Jackie Matthews and Colin Duncan and Jalen Green, three of your starting safeties, all gone, off to you know the next level or, or wherever. So I'm looking at that for sure. Uh, on top of what I'll be looking at offensively, which is you know, do they go up top? How does it look when they do that? Does does Rogers have the arm strength? We've been wondering for the past few years. Can he throw those deep balls? We're going to see if he can here. And, and what is, you know, how are they, they using the running game? Obviously, they're not going to give away the whole game plan here in the spring game, but, you know, are they using two backs? Do they have a lead blocker? How do these, these tight ends they brought in, are they, they've switched around at this point? Can either one of them actually play tight end and stay there long term before the transfers come in? Those are just some of the things I'll be looking at. That's actually interesting. Like, uh, well, thank you. Uh, oh, I try. Not- you're not actually interesting. The, the storylines oh. coming from Mississippi State spring game is is truly like actually interesting. In years past, we've had to kind of manufacture like things to watch for in these deals, and depending on programs elsewhere, like Florida was interesting in a bad way. I mean, their quarterback play was abysmal, and Lane Kiffin took a shot at them. And that was really funny. Um, but like South Carolina. They got a new offensive coordinator, but they're not really interesting. You know who's going to play quarterback. You know they're they're established, right? You kind of have to manufacture what you're watching at South Carolina spring game. Not here. Like all of that is truly, genuinely like I want to at noon tomorrow watch yeah. that and learn something when I do. You know, you referenced Florida. They they played last night. It was not an offensive masterpiece, <laughs> but it was interesting. So. At one today, I had coaches' meetings with the Ole Miss coaches. Chris Doring and I are doing the broadcast tomorrow, and we talked with Pete Golding for half an hour, and then Charlie Weiss Jr. for half an hour, and then spent about half an hour with Lane Kiffin. And first of all, Pete Golding, football guy. 
and not a lot of coach speak, but a lot of knowledge. Now, I know not everybody that can talk a big game of football or sounds like they know what they're talking about. That always translates in terms of coaching. I'm going to be really interested over the next two years to watch how Ole Miss's defense evolves with Pete Golding as the defensive coordinator. Because I asked him at one point today, I was like, in terms of complexity, how much more complex is what you're doing than what they were doing? He's like, I don't know if complexity is the word that I would use. He he said it'd be more like philosophy. And it's a transition from kind of like see ball, get ball in terms of your philosophy to there is a reason for everything you do and what you are trying to do in terms of rolling coverages and disguising blitzes and how you make a 3-4 look like a 4-2 or you make a 4-2 turn into a 3-3 and you know what the responsibilities are for safety and what the star position does, but how many different people you need to have prepared to be able to play that star position and how you can't get that guy ready in a week. It's got to be foundational stuff that you build through. I mean, it was just like, oh... I was like, wow. I, I felt like I learned a lot in that half hour talking with uh, with Pete Golding. And you won't hear from him again. Well, that's true. At least very little. Yeah, You'll get the one preseason press conference and then, you know, postseason. A lot of stuff happens between those, those two times. That, you're, you're right. That the, we'd love the, to hear about. No. But. The, the reason I brought Pete's name up, though, was... Chris Doring was on the call for the Florida game last night. And Pete was saying that he watched some of it. And and then Charlie Weiss Jr. did as well. Again, football guys, that's what they do. There's a spring game on the SEC network. They're going to consume it. They couldn't believe that given Florida's issues offensively and the fact that they're trying to figure out who might can play quarterback and be effective, that they just heated it up with blitzes for the entire game. You know, they're doing... They're doing zero coverage blitzes coming from different angles, multiple guys through the same gap, just over and over and over. You can't stop Austin Armstrong from from blitzing. That's what that man does. He, he likes to get after it. Yeah. By the way, I don't know if you saw, Napier today basically said they're going to go back into the portal to try to find another quarterback. Yep. Did not like what he saw. And from Graham Mertz no. and Jack Miller. Which... I, I, Billy, I does Maryland have a quarterback? Can we find another Big Ten reject hey, to go down to Florida? You, you know what's going to happen, and, and I, I, I am just, I have no idea what's going to happen. Jackson I, I Dart to Florida? Well, not Jackson Dart. Um, <laughs> just it's be yeah. speculating wildly here. There are guys that are going to go through spring and are going to realize I'm not better than that guy, and they're going to hit the portal. Guys that might surprise you, and and that's not like a teaser. I don't know. I have no idea. It just there are going to be options for Florida in the portal that might surprise people, because you're going to have these guys that are like, I just went through spring. He's better than me. I want to go start. Florida's a disaster. I can go start there. But I don't know why Billy Napier is surprised that the the guy that wasn't good in a lot of time at Wisconsin goes to Florida 
and still wasn't good. I just yeah, I can't believe you're surprised by that. No, no, not at all. Um, but Borky, to your point with the original question, I mean the the storylines for the Ole Miss spring game, and I know there's some that will push back like, yeah, it's you know you're, you're you're a long time from the start of the season, you don't you know your roster's not complete. Yeah, I get all of that. I I, I get all of that. But you've got a fascinating storyline around the tight end position. I, I think if you were trying to sell a quarterback competition, you're trying too hard. You know how many you know how many interceptions Jackson Dart has thrown in spring football this year? The entire spring. In their scrimmage it situations. Two? It's one. Huh. One. That's what held him back last year. That and vision. Vision was a bit of an issue at times, but if he protects the football, that step forward is going to be huge. You know, defensive system, completely different. First glance at that tomorrow. Healthy Ulysses Bentley. Healthy Jalen Knox, who's had a good spring. There's a lot to get to. Brad Henderson joins us next. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Friday afternoon alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky. I'm Richard Cross. We're coming to you, as always, from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Let's go to Starkville and check in with Brad Henderson, color analyst on the Ole Miss Sports Network from Learfield. He is the all-time hits leader in Ole Miss baseball history, and he is hoping to uh, see the Rebels play well over the uh, the next few days. Hindu, what's up? Hey man, how are we? Uh good. You you tell me how are how are things in Starkville? Um, it feels like the backdrop for this weekend in terms of fans and pump and circumstance and excitement is really really big. Yeah, it's it's going to be off the charts. You know, uh, Super Bulldog weekend. Uh, two teams in desperate need needing to play well on the weekend, and uh, they just. Had the ceremonial unveiling of the Ron Polk statue here at Duty Noble Field. So there's a lot going on. People standing in line ready to get in and, and watch game one. Brad, we were looking at the, the starting pitching for all three games, and there are a couple of things that stand out. One, we went back and looked at the box scores from, from last year's three games from the series in Oxford. And the number of guys that pitched last year that are either hurt and out or now playing pro ball, or graduated and moved on, whatever it is, it's it's like ninety percent of the guys that pitched in the series last year are gone. That that's number one, and then number two, the best ERA among the six starters is JT Quinn at five point one eight. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is crazy, but you know that that's the world we live in, especially uh, in Mississippi, where where these two two teams have been so good for so long you're going to have that type of turnover but uh you know and, and then you throw in the track man in the new strike zone and, and these new pitchers trying to figure that out that the eras you know they they don't surprise me a whole lot um but it is what it is and uh so obviously we'll we'll see kate smith tonight and we'll run jack darty out there so there, there's a couple guys that are back 
for both teams. But you're right. It's, it's, they're, they're all new for, for, for the rest of the weekend. So it, it'll be a challenge, but uh, one I hope the Rebels are, are up for. Forgive me for a very elementary question, but I, I think it's an elementary question that's got maybe a, a complicated answer. It, you look up two years ago, Mississippi State wins it all. They end up not making Hoover last year. Now we're a year later. It's not a great Mississippi State team. Ole Miss is, well, frankly, they've been not great either. Not to say that either of these are necessarily bad teams. They just have not played well. How did we get here, Brad? Uh, well, I mean, if if we're going to talk about Ole Miss, then I mean, obviously the elephant in the room is is Hunter Elliott getting hurt. Uh, the same for Mississippi State last year, right? When when Landon Sims went down and some other key arms went down, it, it just throws the entire weekend off, and and you just not, you know, you you're just not playing uh, at the level you need to be playing at when when you lose your number one. Uh, again, for Ole Miss, I, I think. I think they knew it was going to be tough uh, when the set schedules were released. Even when Hunter was healthy, uh, you look back and you, we, we played three of the top five teams uh, the first four weekends, Florida, Vanderbilt, and, and uh, Arkansas. And so you knew that was going to be tough as well. But, uh, yeah, they, they find themselves 2-10 and 10 right now, and, and we've got to find a way to claw our way out of this. But, you know, if you look at the back half of the schedule, you hope you have a uh, a healthy Hunter Elliott come back, and, and you've got some winnable series. But, uh, you know, it's, I think if you're an Ole Miss fan, it's, it's got to start here and start with this weekend. Must win. It feels like that's a kind of get you in trouble phrase, right, when you start using must win, especially when you've got, you know, a little over half of your of your conference schedule. Ole Miss got to that point a year ago, right, when when they, they left Arkansas 7-14, and 14, they were in a must-win spot if they wanted to get to the postseason. And they got there. They barely got there, but they got there. Then we know what happened after that. Is this that weekend for Ole Miss this year? I, I mean, I think so. Uh, and typically I would not say that, but, uh, you know, Mississippi State just hadn't played well either. And it's just going to boil down to who plays better baseball, who pitches it better, who feels it better, and, and who gets those timely hits. And, you know, at, at this point last year, we, we were 4-8. and eight. You know, so it wasn't like we were just rolling uh, at this point last year. But, you know, 4-8 and eight is, at this point, a lot better than 2-10. and 10. So, yeah. I think it is, Richard. You know, I, I think this is, you know, do or die is not the right word. I mean, anything can happen. We can certainly get hot. Just a, the morale boost from getting Hunter back next weekend. Uh, I think you may see this team flip a switch. But is it too little too late? So, I, I, I think, you know... I, do, am, am I going to say we have to win two? No, but uh, boy, you'd sure like to at least win the series and, and get out of here and, and start feeling good about yourself. What's an X factor this weekend? Like, if there's one thing that you are pointing to for Ole Miss that is going to, and, and I know they got to do a lot of things well if they're going to win a series, but if there's one thing that's okay, circle this, and if this goes well, then it gives them the best chance to win the series. Uh, I think it's got to be eight and nine. Peyton and, and TJ okay. have got to get some timely hits. You know, if they can contribute, uh, you know, and it doesn't necessarily mean they have to run out there and get double-digit hits. But but if, if if Peyton or TJ come up tonight with a chance in the seventh inning to, to drive in a run or two with two outs, um, I, I think I think that's the key. And, and they're veteran guys, and we've seen them do it. They just haven't done it yet. Uh, you can go back and 
look at what they're hitting in conference, and, and it's not very good. No. Uh, but it's in them. You know, but, but if they can extend the lineup, turn it back over to the top of the lineup, uh, Ole Miss got a chance to score some runs. But for me, those two are the key. When they get going, I, I think Ole Miss will get going. Let me paint a, a scenario for you. O- Ole Miss is up one, two, down one, two. Jack Doherty is giving you five and two thirds, and you got to go to the bullpen. Where are they going to start out of the pen tonight? Well, I, I think Mitch Morrell, if his back is feeling okay, he, he can throw uh, in the midweek. He, his back, right. he had some tightness in his back. Uh, and I think you got to look at Braden Jones. Uh, every opportunity he's been given, um, he, he's flourished. And, uh, you know, he's a second-year guy, uh, and and he's an in-state kid. And obviously this weekend means so much to the in-state kids. So, you know, to me they've been our best two out of the pen. Um, but you just hope they push the right buttons, right? I mean, you, you push the button that you think is going to help you win a ball game. And, um Again, Rich, I know we can talk about the pitching and, and, and what to push, but I, really I think at some point, we've talked about this before, the offense is going to have to win us some games too. And I, I think Mississippi State's pretty good on the mound. Uh, but I also think, I also think, you know, there's some runs out there. Don't, don't you think these are two teams that are walking into it thinking that exact same thing? You're going to have to score some runs this weekend. Yeah, I think so. And, and, and the numbers don't lie, right? You talked about the ERAs earlier and, uh, you, you know, that, there's going to be some pitches out over the plate. And if you're Ole Miss, obviously you want to minimize big innings. You know, no free passes, make them earn it. But they're, they, they're scary offensively. They've got some guys that can run the ball out of the yard. Uh, to me, this part kind of plays small uh, that, that allows that as well. And Ole Miss hadn't hit many home runs, so it'd be nice to see uh, them do that as well. I don't think you're going to see guys just bang out uh, four or five hits in an inning, but, uh, you know, a walk, pass ball, era three-run homer, uh, that, that can certainly change the uh, dynamics of a ball game. We know Kemp Allerman can swing the bat. we got a chance to see him pitch on Wednesday. Think he pitches this weekend? I, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> okay. I think if you've seen Kemp pitch, it's, it's not a good scenario uh, if you're an Ole Miss fan. It, it's uh, either going you know, really, really well or really, really poorly? <laughs> yeah, and I'm going I'm to go with the latter. It's going really poorly. Uh I really don't, but because you know now the ten run rule is always in effect in league games, and so right. I think just keeping a game at nine runs is important because at least you burn some of the other teams' pen when you're down. You know, so it's that's kind of changed the game as well as far as how how man you know how how coaches go about uh, who's going to pitch and when is you know you certainly don't want to get ten runs uh, because the opposing team now is you know that's that's two or three less innings that they've had to throw. Hey, one last thing on the pitching. We've only got about 30 seconds left. I thought uh, Cole Ketchum on Tuesday night, I know Ole Miss lost that game to Memphis, but I thought Cole Ketchum pitched pretty well. And I thought Sam Tacoyan looked maybe the best that he's looked all season long. Yeah, he sure did. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, why take him out? Well, Mason Nichols needed an inning, and we've got all the confidence in the world in Mason Nichols. But uh, Sam was tremendous. Uh, there, there's the setup guy to get it to Mason, but – yeah, scenario like that again, we, we, we probably do leave him in. Uh, but I just think the other day, Mason needed an inning of work, and, uh, you know, it just didn't work out for us. Here's hoping for a great weekend of college baseball. Brad, always appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us. You bet, man. Appreciate it. That's Brad Henderson joining us from Duty Noble in Starkville, about an hour and a half from first pitch. Game one tonight between Mississippi State and Ole Miss. 
Uh, not a lot of extra seats to be had. Hey, Dad, your your free seat that you get, what do you think you could sell it for tonight? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. i got to sit next to Robbie Falk, so probably not a lot. Uh, okay. It's, there, there are things that are <laughs> detrimental to value. That's a good point. Yeah, but then Robbie pulls the guitar out and sings to you, and then it's the best seat in the house. I'm not being sarcastic. He's good. I gave my love a cherry that had... Then I'm going to smash it like Bluto did in the Animal House. (laughs) And with that, we'll tell you that we'll be back after this on Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Series between Mississippi State and Ole Miss. 252 for the Dogs and 213 for the Rebs. Ooh, can I do that math quickly? That's uh, five, six. This is the 466th meeting all time between Mississippi State and Ole Miss in baseball. It's a lot. It's a lot. How many of those do you think you've seen in person? Hey, Dad. Oh, God. (sighs) 50? I was trying to do quick math. That's right. Yeah. I'd say my number is. I've only been to Oxford for six. I've only been to Oxford for six. But I've seen a bunch. I I used to go to the Governor's Cup every year when I was a kid. Yeah. I guess it was the mayor's trophy back then, but at Smith Wills, yeah, man, those were some. Were you at the one in '95 when Richie Harrelson hit the home run over the lights? No, basement from Ole for that one. Yeah. No, I was already up in college by then. You were in college in '95. You are old. Mm-hmm. Hey, now me coming with the old jokes. It's normally in Borky's wheelhouse. Uh, I know. He's stealing it, his gimmick. That's gimmick infringement. It's just payback for like two years of hazing. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works, though. When you you get hazed, you haze the next person. You don't get to haze the old the, the, the older people. Yeah, but the next person's older than me. Go haze some of the news people. Where are J- what are JT and Caleb doing? Just go go <laughs> go 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 have a towel party with them and just you know something. Borky's gonna have an HR review on Tuesday after <laughs> attempting a hazing prank on Monday. Just go oh, toilet man. paper their office or something. So uh, anything that Brad Henderson said when we were talking a bit ago that that stood out for you? I just thought you were being generous. He's like, I don't know if I want to say these teams are bad. Yes, Brad, these teams are bad. They're not good baseball teams, either one of them. Even whoever wins the series will say. That's what Jay Powell said earlier. He's like, I'm not going to call it bad teams. Brad said it too. Brad said it too. And and 
I'm just saying, but I think both these teams are bad. Whoever wins this series is going to say we beat a bad team, and whoever loses the series can say, gosh, we lost to a bad team. Yeah. Is the team that wins the series less bad? By definition. Okay. Not by any other well, metric, only by definition. They are a step by ahead definition of the only, other. Yeah. 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 Uh-oh. Legal counsel <laughs> weighing in. <laughs> HR is listening. What's the message we got? Borky's in trouble. <laughs> hey, I haven't done anything yet. Richard, if we go yeah. down there and toilet paper those things, Borky will be the one that gets uh, in trouble. Yeah, they won't think yeah, it's us. Hundred, well, thanks for just putting yeah, that I mean, plan out there on Front Street. She stopped listening. She stopped listening. Mm. i got to be careful same. around Caleb now, though, if I see him. Hey, buddy, how are you? <laughs> Leave me alone. Just put a kick me sign on him or something, you know. Uh, what about uh, you, Bork? Anything that Hindu said that uh, that stood out? Um, it, yeah, we haven't talked about it yet. The 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 bottom of Ole Miss's lineup has been horrible, uh, quite frankly. And, and you know, I, I've wondered if it's time to give somebody else a look. Now it's it's a little bit more difficult considering what what those guys have given you in the past. In Chatagnier's a yeah, it's not like you're taking shot and you out of the lineup. But He's pretty proven at second base. But man, I mean, can you really hit below 100 at he any is point in your lineup? 71 in SEC play with three hits and 42 at bats. And and McCants is 132 with five hits and 38 at bats. The difference is I just thought Lane Forsyth was hitting bad. Jeez Louise. That's SEC play only. The overall numbers are slightly better. But uh, that's what I'm saying. These are these are SEC Forsyth games. Forsyth in SEC play is like 170. Yeah. Uh, and so I've wondered if because it's hard to do, man. I mean, Chutney's been with you forever, and and uh, you you can't forget McCants at the home run that that sparked the back to back to back in in the national championship series. Like that happened. But um, see, I don't think Chutney is an option though because what. What? Where are you going to turn at second base? Right, but they, they experimented with it on on Tuesday. Was it Tuesday or Wednesday? Maybe think, Wednesday. I Think it was Wednesday because Harris when, played right. Well, no, Kemp Alderman. Uh, that's right. Yeah, um, Kemp Alderman DH'd. Mm-hmm. They put Calvin Harris in right. Will Platner came in and caught, and they put John Kramer in left. I've thought something because, as as I've said before, sorry, broken record. I don't like singling out college kids like this, but it's the job, so you have to do it. What happened in the Arkansas series can't happen, especially when you're hitting 130. If you're if you're going to lead the team in strikeouts and not produce at the plate, you also can't lackadaisically, you know misplay a single and then throw it into nobody costing you a run in the rubber match of a, a critical series. That yeah. that can't happen. And I've wondered if Bianco's going to try something else there because you just can't have that happen. Not at this level. Can't happen. Yeah. We should have lineups by now. Hey, Dad, have you seen Mississippi State? Have they posted theirs yet? have not seen it yet. Let's see here. Ole Miss should be up by Still listening, now. by the way. Yeah, I saw that. Ethan Groff <laughs> yeah, yeah, playing center it. field, leading off for Ole Miss. Gonzalez at short, batting second. Harris catching. Alderman in left field. Calarco at first. Leger at third. Will Furness gets the start at the DH. 
Chatagnier batting eighth and playing second base, T.J. McCants in right field. So no change with the uh, the lineup for game one tonight for Ole Miss against a right-handed starting pitcher. Does that make sense that Furnace would be the one uh, to uh, to get the, the nod in the D.H. spot? And Will Furnace has been okay. He's hitting 273 in league play. Um, You'll take 273 in league play, and you can win games with 273 in league play. Yeah, so, so Ole Miss has got... I mean, what, three guys hitting over 300 in conference play. Calvin Harris at 340, and that's coming off a bad weekend. Now, he's had a great week since, but he had a bad weekend against Arkansas. Ethan Leger was 7 for 10 last weekend against Arkansas at the plate. So in league play, in one weekend, Leger went from 3 for 20 to 10 for 30. That'll help your batting average a bunch. Jacob Gonzalez, pretty steady, hitting 318. Yeah, he'll play at the next level, and I I, I don't mean in high A. <laughs> no, he's What's a consensus top 10 projection. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting for state and conference play is their top three hitters, Jordan, Hines, and Clark. They have a combined 43 hits, 21 of them are for extra bases. Oh, wow. Jordan. Jordan is slugging 909 in conference play. Now he only has 22 at bats, but he's 11 of 22 with three doubles and two homers. Hines is slugging 761. He's hitting 370, three doubles, five home runs. Clark is hitting 349, slugging 744, three home run, three doubles, a triple, and four home runs. I mean, that is, wow. they, those three guys have been getting it done. Absolutely have. Absolutely. And and so, how many games for Dakota Jordan in league play? Half? Eight. But at, he's played in eight out of 12. He's only started six. Going to be interesting tonight, by the way. Bryce Chance played on uh, Tuesday, so he's back healthy. Chance, Hines, Highfield, Hancock, one of those guys will not be in the lineup for Mississippi State tonight, and that's four of their better hitters. One of them will not start, though, tonight. So you may have said this specifically. Dakota Jordan, five of his 11 hits in conference play have been either home runs or doubles. Correct. Hunter Hines, eight of his 17 hits in conference play. Mm -hmm. Five home runs, three doubles. Yeah. Wow. And then Kellum Clark, 15 hits, of which eight are extra base hits. And Lane Forsythe, who you were talking about earlier, hitting 171 Mm -hmm. in league play. Yeah. But it's drawn seven walks. I'll give him that. So, is Do you think Highfield will get the start at catcher tonight? I think Chance will be the, the odd man out. Yeah, Highfield at, uh, at catcher, Hancock at first, and Hines will DH, okay. if I had to guess. And we should get State's lineup just in the next little bit. Should, should be saying, yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Show's brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. Find them online at visitoxfordms.com. We're now just two weeks away from the Double Decker Festival. We will be there live on Friday the 28th. Yeah, two weeks from today, the 28th of April. 
And that'll be kind of to uh, kick off the Double Decker Festival weekend. That'll be a lot of fun. Great music lineup, great food options. And don't forget, you can buy your merchandise in advance. If you want to get it and wear it that weekend or not have to wait in line, you can do that online. Visit OxfordMS.com. You can find the link there. Be sure to follow them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, especially leaning into Double Decker. They'll have all the information that you need between now and then. We'll wrap up the 4 o'clock hour with you next Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, Dad's going to roll his eyes at me for me asking you this question. It's just kind of a stream of consciousness thing, so go ahead and roll your eyes in advance. Hey, Dad. If you could have any professional golfer swing, whose would it be? Tiger Woods. Oh, I'm no. going to tear up my no. entire body. No. Just, just to be able to... to Oh yeah, you're right. I don't want to, I don't want the swing that's been the most dominant player in the sport for the last two decades. You're right. I didn't say the I game. I didn't say the success. I said just the swing. It's it Freddie or or Ernie Els. I mean, Phil's probably a good one. Adam Scott. Adam Scott's a good one. He'll play forever. Bernard Langer. For me, it's either Ernie or Adam Scott, and and Freddie's the third. Just so smooth, under hey. control, and physically, it you're you're able to hold up. Hey, Dad, I, I just happened to have the golf channel on in here, and I saw Ernie L swinging it, and I made some reference to him. I was like, if you're hitting a yellow golf ball as a professional golfer, does that mean it's time to not be a professional golfer anymore? But then I saw a swing, and I was like, you know what? He can play with polka dot golf balls if he wants to forever. Anyway. Just complete non-sequitur, not related to anything that we're talking about. Hey, I would like for us to revisit and and kind of put a bow on the college football fix, which is how we started today, the 4 o'clock hour college football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. We were talking about storylines, and I just kind of crammed them for Ole Miss in at the very end. But I think there are a lot of stories that go with this Ole Miss team as they come out of spring, go through their summer workouts, do whatever they do in the portal, and roll toward the start of the season. The tight end position is interesting to me with the the addition of Caden Priestcorn and how that pushes Michael Trigg. Them getting better at wide receiver, replacing their two kind of mismatch, like big-bodied receivers from a year ago in Malik Heath and and, um, Jonathan Mingo. And by the way, Mingo appears to be shooting up draft boards all over the NFL. Testing Um, well, interviewing well, yeah. Who is who is the number two punch at running back? Ulysses Bentley actually got off to a really good start last year. Remember, he had a couple of touchdowns on the ground against Georgia Tech, had three touchdowns early, got hurt in that game against Tech in game three, and then when he finally came back, just wasn't the same. And, and Zach Evans was really effective when he was on the field. But Quinshawn Judkins had 274 carries last year. That's a heavy load for a college running back. That's a that's a big load. Yeah. And and so is it Bentley or is there somebody else that emerges at that position? 
depth on the offensive line. I think they actually feel better because Ole Miss really only played six guys on the offensive line last year. Now, you're not going to see it tomorrow in the spring game because you've got several guys that are out for the entirety of the spring. But they've got eight that they believe can be part of the rotation on the offensive line, including Victor Kern, the, the transfer from Washington, and the uh, the transfer from UAB, the, the big kid. I, I don't remember his name off the top of my head. I don't have my cheat sheet in front of me. Yeah, they what? They added two in the portal and only lost one. Yeah. Lost so, a good one. Good one. But but lost one nonetheless. And then over on the defensive side, they gotta find some guys that can play corner. Besides DeAndre Prince and the, the transfer from Georgia Tech. They lost two corners. I mean, Miles Battle transferred out and Davison Igbenosin transferred out. And Igbenosin was I mean, one of the biggest gets in that the high school version of the recruiting class a year ago. Yeah. Archers leaves, and he decides to also. Um, they're going to ask the safeties to do more in in the coverages that they're going to run and the way they're going to do things. And there's more of them, so that's a silver lining to that. And and Trey Washington is probably at the top of the list with the spring that he has had. they got to figure out some depth on the defensive line and just how to get some pressure on the passer. For sure, I mean, that that's going to be the biggest portal need. Is uh, when you look at the front line of their defensive line, you feel good. Ivy and Johnson on the edges, Pegues in the middle. They added the NC State transfer, who's played a lot of football at defensive tackle. The question is, and then who? Right. Th- those guys are good. You've seen them play at this level. You know they can. You can't just play a full season with four defensive linemen. That's the and then you mentioned what happens after the spring. To, to bring it back to the storyline uh, you know that, that can get exhausting at times as quarterback. What happens after the spring? Does Spencer Sanders, or Dart I suppose, realize I, I'm not him, as the kids say, and hit the portal again? Because by all accounts, and, and we'll, we'll get to see more tomorrow, Jackson Dart has not only had a really good spring, but unless it's some kind of smokescreen, everybody I've talked to has said, in fairness to Sanders, new system for him, battling injury, one is better than the other. Yeah. Just one's better than the other. Yeah. And so, does the other know that? Ja- so why is he there? Ja- Jackson Dart's not going anywhere. So then does does Spencer Sanders? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Because somebody was promised being the backup, and it wasn't Spencer Sanders. Yeah. Now, hey, Dad, it's a reasonable question, and I kind of, I, I kind of gently floated that out there today, and I, you know, didn't get a lot of an answer. Okay. So, we'll see. College football fix driven by Ford. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices. Plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoon starting at 3 on supertalk.fm. The Super Talk Mississippi app. And always live on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. o'clock 
Talk Hour with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us. We'll talk baseball primarily in this final hour of the show today, but we will have a Food Friday coming your way. And for a lot of you, that's going to be the uh, the last thing that you get this afternoon. So Food Friday, presented by Polk's Meat, coming up at 520, about 15 minutes from right now. And at the bottom of the hour, many of you will go to pregame shows for either Mississippi State's radio network or the Ole Miss radio network. We are glad to be with you. We'll be with you till 6. If you lose this, you can catch us on the Super Talk app. That's uh, Super Talk uh, Live on um, Google Play and the App Store. You can get it there for free, and you can listen online. You can listen on demand. Uh, and, of course, available to you at Super Talk TV. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Visit them online at pearlriverresort.com for more information. You can be a part of the conversation with us on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. 4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Seaspire Business, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in Seaspire country. Also, we would remind you that Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Wouldn't you love to have one of those Genteel shirts as you head to the ballpark this weekend, either with that M over S logo or the Script State logo, or maybe the interlocking UM or the Script Old Miss on it? Great-looking shirts. They feel good. They look great. And uh, if you have not tried them out, I promise you it's worth a try. Online at GenteelApparel.com or at fine men's specialty stores all across the state of Mississippi. Borky's got his pullover on. Hey, Dad's got the shirt on. I got one of the new prints on for the uh, pull it up underneath my. That was a little here. unnerving ah. for a second there, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Richard, it's not more, Mardi Gras, man. <laughs> Chill. Like that? A little worrisome there for a second. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. Hey, that throw beads at him. That shirt is close enough to your uh, to your skin tone that I was I was wondering what was going on there for a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're getting Whoa. sexy on a Friday. Hey, oh. Bringing it back. Yeah. Bringing it back. Do we, do? Uh, we don't need to bring it back. We, we can be right where we are. Here we go. We got uh, a lineup for Mississippi State. Amani Larry leading off, playing second base, followed by Colton Ledbetter in center field. Hunter Hines, the DH, batting third. Dakota Jordan is hitting cleanup and playing left. Luke Hancock gets the start at first base. Slate offered at third. Kellum Clark, the right fielder. Ross Highfield catching and batting eighth. Lane Forsyth is at shortstop with the right-hander Cade Smith on the mound. So we've got uh, lineups for both teams, and frankly, they are what we expected for both teams tonight going into game one of this series. Good news for State. If you do need a pinch hitter, you got one on your bench hitting about 360. So It's crazy. And it's one of those things where you're like, mean, don't you have to find a spot for the bat, but then you go where? Right? What, what, where? what do you do differently? Yeah. I mean, he's an outfielder by nature. You're not going to bench Jordan, Ledbetter, or uh, or Clark. You want to let him DH, but you're not going to bench Hunter Hines. Okay, Hines can play first. Well, you're not going to bench Luke Hancock. Well, Hancock can catch. Well, you don't want to bench Ross Highfield because he's the better defensive option back there, and he's his bat's starting to come around. You just, I mean, it's one of those things where it's a good thing. You know, you're, you're glad that you have the talent, but 
you know, Bryce Chance misses. I'm, I'm sure Bryce Chance will, will will get a start this weekend at some point, but yeah. not tonight. Um, Really cool scene in Starkville earlier this afternoon. I think 3 o'clock is uh, when they did this. They unveiled the Ron Polk statue outside the right field entrance into the stadium. So that's where the big plaza, uh, plaza, plaza area is. Rotunda. What do they call that? The Richard Adkerson Plaza. Okay, there you go. Is that where the Ring of Honor is also? Yeah, that's where the Ron Polk Ring of Honor so, is. So you have the, the, the Ron Polk statue guides you into the Ron Polk Ring of Honor. Which Ed, you will then you go up the steps into Polk Dement Stadium. Is there anything else they could name for him? I'm sure they could. Yeah. It's the third um, base coaching box. Yeah. Looked like they had a uh the the sweet Georgia Brown Memorial Ron Polk Memorial batting practice or uh infield outfield music. Um hey, got to give a shout out to whoever did the statue by the way. In, in recent history we have seen statues go poorly. Like either the I mean they got this one right, yeah. Yeah, they got this yeah. one right. This one looks very, very good and very much like Ron Polk, as opposed to the Ronaldo statue that Adad's talking about, where he looked like he just saw a grisly like murder scene. Yeah, this is. I mean, yeah, he this is, is very cool. He's watching yeah. Ring Two, man, at, at that the the climax of that <laughs> movie, and he's just like. And remember mm. the one, the, the Texas one, from years ago. They they made a football statue at Texas. I, I don't know who it was, but the player is is running and he's got one knee up and, and he's running and the look on his face looks like he's getting chased by a grizzly bear. Like he is terrified. Bad statues. There you go. Um, looked like a great crowd for the unveiling of that yeah. statue outside the stadium. Hun- several hundred people that were uh, were there to see that. You had uh, Dr. Mm-hmm. Mark Keenum and Zach Selman, the athletics director. Jim Ellis was, uh, I guess, the MC, And, of course, Ron Polk there on stage. And just a, a really neat scene. Polk made a good funny. He said he, uh, he got a congratulatory letter from the NCAA. Hmm. Tight. <laughs> hand-typed. <laughs> I'm sure it was hand-typed. So. Uh that's uh, that's really good. Speaking stuff. of, the NCAA has uh, flipped baseball recruiting on its head. Yeah, they have. Yes. So new rules. August first is that the date? August first of your junior year in high school. You cannot be offered officially offered a scholarship. You cannot have interaction. With coaches, directly or indirectly, prior to August 1st of your junior year of high school. Yeah, no contact whatsoever to or from player and coach or player's family. Now, I wonder if like a high school coach or an AAU no, or... No, So no contact either. So those, there, those no are No intermediaries. That is... And, you know, some people are still going to do that anyway. Uh, I'd be willing to guess that one Vitello, comma, Tony uh, would would do that. But I love this. I saw a lot of blowback, like people that were replying to Kendall when he broke it, saying this is bad for baseball. And I thought, we have lost the plot here. 14-year-old young boys 
do not need to spend their day fielding calls from people making or trying to convince them to pick a college. That that shouldn't be what a fourteen year old does on uh, from uh, on a day to day. You can tell a lot of these people don't follow football recruiting. Because they were all like, imagine trying to make the biggest decision in your life in two years. I'm like, buddy, there's some kids that do it in two months. Or two weeks. <laughs> I mean, think about that kid from from, from uh, Lawrence County earlier this year, the Jonathan Davis. Being unrecruited until yeah. basically the middle of December. And by February the, the, the 1st, he had to pick a school. My, my parents encouraged otherwise. They wanted me to start when I was a junior. I didn't get serious about my college decision until months into my senior year. And so when you're bothering a 13-year-old, oh, you need to go play baseball here, it's like the 13-year-old should be running around, skinning his knees, playing Fortnite. That's what a 13-year-old should be doing. Not talking to a baseball coach, trying to convince him to decide on where he wants to spend his college and baseball career. I've always thought that was rear-end backwards. So the NCAA D1 Council announced earlier this week, or they approved a new recruiting model for Division I baseball. Before now, programs were not allowed to have initiated contact with a prospective student-athlete until September 1st of their junior year. However, the loophole in all of this that a player, parent, or third-party representative could contact the coach. That is no longer the case. They have now eliminated all direct and indirect contact between a baseball program and a recruit until June, uh, August 1st of your junior year in high school. I mean, here's and the according thing. According to Kendall... Go ahead. According to Kendall, that includes current commitments. So just looking at Mississippi State, the class of 2025, those kids are currently sophomores that will be juniors in the, the upcoming school year. State has 10 kids committed. There can be no contact with your commitments. And I, you know, without looking, 26 and 27, I know State has a few kids committed there as well. State cannot, and I'm sure Ole Miss is the same. Hey. There are eighth graders all over the country yeah. that are elite at the travel ball circuit level, perfect game, et cetera, that have already committed, committed to schools. It's this ridiculous. is a huge game changer. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll get into a Food Friday presented by Polks. Picky people pick Polks coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices, plus exclusive interviews with coaches, players, and legends from the past. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. What are you going to eat? Time for a Food Friday presented by Holtz. Holtzmeat.com. That's where you can see some recipe ideas, see the full product listing, and check out all that's happening at Polk's. But your local grocery store, that's where you get the product. Polk's Meat. Look for the bright yellow packaging with the royal blue Polk's written across it, trimmed in red. Whether you're looking for the garlic and green onion sausage. The Cajun smoked sausage, 
the original smoked sausage. Maybe it's the um, uh, the ham, the the biscuit size ham that's ready to go for biscuits on Saturday morning or Sunday morning. I've got it all. And if you can't find Polk's at your local grocery store, then contact the manager of the meat department and tell them that you would really like it if they would start stocking Polk's in the meat department. No buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. So, Mr. Haydad, you told me earlier, I'm going to be too busy to cook this weekend, but you're, you're going to have to eat. And I don't think you're just going to eat like hot dogs at the ballpark the entire weekend. What is happening digestively for you this weekend? Uh, they have a food truck down there that I really like. They do uh, they do chicken and rice. Uh, that's it's very good for me. So I, I like nothing them says baseball like chicken and rice. They should just rewrite the song: hot dogs, chicken and rice, apple pie, and big Ford trucks. There you go. So I don't know. I mean, I'll figure some things out, but I don't have anything planned for food this week. No, just like throwing burgers on the grill at the house or anything. If I, I, I was thinking about Sunday. The game's at one. Oh, probably yeah. done with Lamonis. Well, I'm probably done with Lamonis at like four thirty or so. But it's I'm gonna go do the podcast after that. I mean, it'll be like six before I, I get back to the house. So I, I just don't. I just don't think I have time. Mm. All right, so. Borky. What about you? I think I'm going to do a smoked mac and cheese. I haven't made proper mac and cheese in quite some time. I spent a long time. And so I'm going to just, I'm just going to get a recipe for the the mac and cheese and and hope for the best. But what I want to do. Will you? Go ahead. I want to. I I have one suggestion, but I want to hear what you're going to do. I want to smoke a chuck and also, I found small cuts of. uh, pork shoulder, so it's like two and a half pounds, and smoke one of those as well. And the tray I make the mac and cheese in, do half with the shredded chuck and half with the okay. shredded shoulder. I, I was going along those lines. I saw a great video this week from Meat Church on a brisket mac and cheese, but you could probably easily oh yeah do a chuck and and follow the same recipe. I just fail with brisket too much, and and so spending that uh, yeah, much money on it. it Brisket is something I leave to the pros. I, yeah. I'll cook a chuck. I can do that, but I will not fiddle around with brisket. Uh, C Spire text line, Malcolm has a great smoked mac and cheese recipe. Always it, worth checking does. out. I, I don't make anything so does without... Chud's Barbecue. Check that one. There's nothing that I will do on a smoker that I will not first see if How to BBQ Right has it. <laughs> As a suggestion. Yeah. Tried, tested, and true. Because you know, uh, there is not a Malcolm Reed anything that I have followed where I've thought, you know, that was just okay. Yeah. If you follow his recipes, it's always, it works. It's a good idea here. Shane in Oxford says they're grilling steak kebabs tonight. He says ribeyes are pricey at the moment, but a good kebab is worth it. And you know what? You're right. It's been a long time since we've done kebabs on the grill. They're easy. And they're good. Very underrated. Everybody loves them, too. Yeah. Food on a stick, everybody loves. Now, in fairness, I usually cook them on the stick and then take them off the stick, and it's, it's just easier to serve that way. That's but, fine. That's yeah, you fine. Know, some steak, some chicken, some cherry There's tomatoes, some, some onion. Yeah, if you want to do shrimp, you can do that on there also. 
Maybe some green peppers, some red peppers. Yeah. You're you're really you're really only limited with kebabs by your own imagination. Mm-hmm. And then do ooh some grilled corn on the cob for a side. Mm-hmm. Man, you yeah. are you are on to something, Shane. That's that sounds like some good eating. Uh, tomorrow, doing a big catfish fry with fries and hush puppies in honor of my late great uncle. With a whole host of family and friends. Love it. Don't have a name that goes uh, along with that, but uh, great idea. Enjoy. Uh, Dwayne and Brandon just bought four pounds of golf shrimp for etouffee. Sounds crazy, but using Polk's Cajun sausage for a garnish. No, it only would sound crazy if you weren't doing it, Dwayne. Doesn't sound crazy. What are you doing, yeah. Uh, Bob would like the two of you, if you don't mind, to elaborate on the smoked chuck. He says also that Top Sirloin does great kebabs. I mean, it's it's the, it's it's the poor man's brisket. You know, you're going to spend a good good chunk of your day smoking that thing to get it tender, but it takes less time, and the meat is outstanding. And you can always, you know, do the Mississippi pot roast way, and you know, smoke it for a few hours or so to get some smoke on it, and then. Wrap it up in the uh, in a pan with some butter and the the au jus and the ranch and make a Mississippi pot roast or the poor man's burn ends, which is my oh, yeah. personal favorite. That's your hot dog burn ends, right? Yeah, I tried that. Thanks. Uh, well, you thanks know what to Chuck YouTube though, too, shorts, yeah. but yeah, the, the Chuck is great. I mean, you just uh, salt and pepper is all I uh, season it with after binding it with mustard because I'm from where I'm from and, and smoke it to <laughs> smoke it to 165, cube it up. Uh, put it in a tray with barbecue sauce and brown sugar and, and butter and some honey and cover it and then put it back on until your probe tells you one of them's over 200 internal, but not too far over 200. 200 to 205 is perfectly fine. And for the one of the cheapest cuts you can buy, that's about as good a barbecue as you can get. Uh, let's see here. Who is this? The C Spire. They, they have themselves labeled as the C Spire text line president-elect. Says, you guys are making me hungry. That is the goal. I didn't vote for him. I didn't either. I actually got a shark filet from the Oriental Market in Birmingham. Grilling it up tonight. Ooh, shark okay. steak's always that good. sounds great. Here's what it says. You'll never catch shark. me frying catfish, crappie, or bust. It's okay. You mean perch? To each, to each their own. <laughs> uh, I think I missed that. Dang. You missed that. I had Richard. I had people trying to well actually me saying that I loaded that, that joke as soon as I saw that text. And by perch, the way, and white perch are the same fish, and they are not the same fish. And they're like, oh, but it is. I'm like, no, it's it's not. But but in in this place, we called them that. It doesn't matter what you call them. Haven't we learned that in society? It doesn't matter what you call yourself. Biology is what it is. Crappie and perch are not the same. As soon as I saw that text, I was like, I'm going to load this joke. I know if he says it, I'm coming with it. I had you you be locked in. Brian in Laurel says he is smoking a brisket on a big green egg. He said salt and pepper and hickory smoke. Man, if you can do it, you're the man. I mean, it's just low and slow, right? I mean, that, just patience is the key. And I just, I, I, I guess, I don't know, man. Every, I've only done a couple, and they've never turned out the way I really wanted them to. There was another one says anything comes out good on a big green egg, as long as you don't overcook it. You're right. 
Um, fresh largemouth bass fried beats all. That's from Robert in Oak Grove. Yeah. You might get some pushback on that, Robert. I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. But I think you would have a lot of people that would put catfish and crappie ahead of largemouth bass. I think. I've never kept and eaten a bass before. Hmm. <laughs> Some, somebody just vehemently disagreed with you, Robert, on the uh, ceasefire text line. I better, I better abstain from reading it directly as it came in. <laughs> hey, by the way, for those of you that are uh, transitioning over... It's mean. Enjoy your college baseball. We got another half an hour with you. You want to keep listening? You can do so on the Super Talk Live app or online at supertalk.fm. So just uh, just so you know, I may have made that. Are you watching Super Talk TV? Yeah, there you go. Um, Fresh bluegill fried beats all. You know, fried brim is really good. It's really really good. Our buddy Jimbo stopped by yesterday at uh, at Divinity. And we were talking about the fishing trip in, like, third grade. He and my next-door neighbor took another next-door neighbor and I fishing. It was like a fourth-grader and a sixth-grader, a third-grader and a fifth-grader. I don't remember exactly how old I was. And, I mean, we – it was like a check-out-of-school early day for a fishing trip that had been planned and lit them up. It's a fun day always. Oh, it was awesome. And it was one of those, like, as, as fast as you could get a cricket on a hook – and get the hook in the water, you had a hit, you had a bite, you were reeling it in and doing it all over again. If you're fine fresh, everything is a distant second to speckled trout. Okay. Hammy smoking quail on Sunday. That sounds good. Robin Avery's got 30 pounds of catfish, boiled and ready to go. That's a Food Friday presented by Polks and PolksMeat.com. No buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polks. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. Until first pitch, game one, Super Bulldog weekend at Duty Noble in Starkville. Ole Miss, the visiting team, Mississippi State hosting the Rebels this weekend. Two teams at the bottom of the SEC West trying to make something happen. For the series winner, you feel like you've still got a puncher's chance. You lose the series this weekend, and it feels like you are looking up at a nearly impossible climb out of a hole. That's what's at stake this weekend. Big crowds, looks like great weather all weekend long. Hey, now what are you what are you shooting for? Like top of the third, hopefully, when you roll in tonight. Oh, I I hope it's still bottom of the first and states just rolling through the batting order. But 
I mean, it, it, it all it only takes me a few minutes to get there. I should I okay. should be in there by the top of the second at the latest. Okay. Just depends yeah. on how the first. I mean, with these two pitching staffs, I might still be top of the first. Who knows? That's what I'm talking about, buddy. That is what I am talking about. Um, so let's just refresh everybody since we were we're on this this line here. So Richard and I made the bet back at the Palmer home that it would take soccer, football, which would count twice, men's and you women's made basketball. That part up, but whatever. I have a video proof. I have it. You've been telling me for months that you have video proof that you have yet to produce. All right, fine. Well, that's about to happen now. That being said, I am up five to two on Richard. There are only four games remaining, which means if I get one win out of these next four, these three this weekend plus the governor, the uh, governor's cup, I will win the bet, and Richard will be in maroon and white when we go to the Palmer home. If Richard can get a sweep, he's got to get all four. I will be in red and blue. Mm. Five to two. All right, so. That's we had softball on there, but they don't play each other this year. It's two women's basketball wins. Those are my two, right? Mm-hmm. Soccer was felt like a little bit of an upset. My uh, my, my dear friend Matt Mott, the oldest soccer coach, I kind of felt like he, he let me down on that. But it's okay. You know, you play, you keep score. The artificially inflated football win that Hey Dad, you know, continues to try to say is the thing. So, so one soccer win, you get two points for football, so that's three, and you had two men's basketball wins, so that's five. All right, I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna try to pull a Richard Cross here. All right, let me see if I can just do it through the computer. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. All right, there's gonna be a little bit of an echo right, here. A little bit of an echo right, here. A little bit of an echo right, here. A little bit of an echo here. Yeah, we can't do that, man. It's yeah, like a triple echo. echo. It's like a triple echo. Is, is it's that bad? All right, hold yeah. on. Let me see if I can just do it through the phone here. Oh, I got a better. Can idea. you hear that? All right, I'm listening. I got a better idea. Yeah. We what? We, we will I'm not do, wearing that shark costume. We will do a season-long competition next year. Okay. Season-long for football, mm-hmm. baseball, mm-hmm. men's basketball. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna believe in Coach Yo? She went to the tournament last year. Throw it in. Are we gonna, are we gonna do all, all this women's, women's basketball? basketball? Yeah. I mean, do we want to include? I got, I got faith in Coach Ricketts if we want to do softball. Softball and soccer? Soccer, yeah, sure. All right, so we'll do football. All right, what is this challenge? Though? Men's and women's basketball. Uh-huh. Baseball, baseball. Softball. Softball and soccer. Okay. The cumulative total uh-huh. of wins. Okay. And by the way, we'll give we'll, we'll let the football winner count as two wins. No! Football counts as two wins. What a moron! What moron came up with that idea? I don't even need to play the rest. I don't need to hear the rest. So the the only way this thing could go sideways is if Mississippi is State and Ole Miss in softball were to meet in the SEC tournament. Yeah, or I, I guess in baseball, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen, but we'll see. Yeah. Okay. We, we'll, we'll let it play out. So you leave yeah. five to two. Right. And it takes me going 4-0 over the next four games between these two teams Mm. in baseball to finish ahead of you. Correct. Mm. 
You should right. send Coach Yo a thank you note. She's the only the one putting out for you here, for taking care of you. Hmm. I remember Richard saying football would count twice. Thank you, Jeff. Your memory is better than mine, clearly. Uh, so, yeah, that was in response to somebody asking if Haydad and I had a bet uh, for the uh, for the series. So, yeah, to see, I mean, I guess we could do another one, but uh, we'll just kind of let this ride. We're going to let this one. Let's let's get this bet over with before we go on to the next bet. Yeah. I mean, can I just, like, wear a football helmet or a, or a baseball don't, helmet don't you, during don't the you, broadcast or don't something? Don't you even worry. Don't you even worry. I got you taken. I'm gonna get you taken care of. Don't you really? worry about all that. You gonna give me yeah. some of those you, nickel black, one of those you, nickel black uniforms to wear during the broadcast? You that day? leave all to me. The old friend, hey dad, he's gonna take care of it. Dwayne and Brandon says I should throw in the towel. I wouldn't be much of a competitor if no, I just tap tossed out. in the towel. No, I mean, no, you're no. like, are you asking? That said, if you, if you pull a miracle comeback, can I just go to like uh, George Sherman and get like a seersucker suit and a red bow tie and show up in that? Will that be okay? Yeah, I'm good with that. All right. You don't want to hedge your bet at I don't this know point? If they make... No, no. I, mean, I don't know if they make that a suit like that in a 64 extra fat, but I'll, I'll certainly ask. You can uh, you can try. Yeah. I mean, suspenders, you'd be I'll like your, uh, your hero Ric Flair. You'd be tailor-made. Custom-made. I would be custom-made at that point. Yes, I would be. Yeah. <laughs> um, rest of the SEC in baseball tonight. Again, nothing gets started early. It's kind of a kind of a rivalry weekend. You got uh, you got Alabama Auburn, you got Georgia Florida, Ole Miss Mississippi State, Tennessee Arkansas. I think falls into like uh, even if it's not a traditional rivalry, it's got like some new spice and flavor to it. Then Missouri at Texas A and M. I don't think Missouri has a rival. What about that South Carolina Vanderbilt Themselves. series? Yeah. Missouri baseball's rival is itself. South Carolina last week kind of showed you that they're for real, right? They got the win over LSU in the one game, and they had the lead in the other one and gave it away. Don't know what would have happened in that rubber game, but they're, I think they're for real, so they have a great chance to go up there and, and you know finally put a, a dent into Vandy's uh, run. So Vanderbilt lost its first conference game. They won the series, but lost a game to Missouri last weekend. They are 11-1. and one. In SEC play at this point. So in terms of the uh, the standings, here's what you got: the East is a bear this year. Vandy is 11 and one. South Carolina nine and two. Florida nine and three. Kentucky nine and four. It does. I, I agree, hey Dad. It feels like this Kentucky thing's about to go the other way for a little while. Tennessee five and seven. Missouri four and nine. Georgia three and nine. Western Division. With their win, all right. So this is LSU eight and four, but they won last night. So yeah. LSU nine and four, Arkansas eight and four, Texas A and M six and seven. No, that's not right. Those are accurate standings because LSU was down a game. They that's right. Yeah, rained out last night. So LSU and Arkansas yeah. tied at eight and four. Conference winning percentage could come into play to determine the winner of the West this year. Yeah. A&M 6 and 7, they've won 5 of their last 7 games and they're trying to make it 3 straight series wins. Alabama and Auburn are both 4 and 8, Mississippi State 3 and 9, Ole Miss 2 and 10. 
Going back to the East, you said Missouri's three and nine. Those three wins are against four and nine. Tennessee. They're four and nine. They got three wins against Tennessee. And they beat one they got one from Vanderbilt. They might get they'll, they'll probably get in the tournament if they can just get to like thirteen wins somehow. I mean the NCAA tournament is what I mean. Yeah, no, I I, I know what you mean. Yeah. You may be right. Um there are uh man, there's some good teams in the league. Breaking. More at eleven. Yeah. <laughs> Just grab that out of nowhere. And uh the two most recent national champions are two of the worst of them. But circumstances can change this weekend, I suppose. They could. The, and like the circumstances across the board can't change this weekend, but you can start a change in circumstance this weekend. We haven't talked about this much, and, and understandably so, but but a serious loss here for Mississippi State. If if it's going to be as bad as it's been the last two years and you lose to Ole Miss, it's going to get awful noisy. Yeah. Yeah. And this Ole Miss I mean, There's team. no getting around that fact. Yeah, there's just no getting around that fact. Yeah. That was part of it last year. Remember with Bianco, we were saying that uh, how he couldn't beat this state team, and you know that's that was the path he was on until the very end. Yeah. All right, one segment left with you. We'll wrap it up next. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Talk Mississippi. What is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Last time with you on Sports Talk Mississippi on this Friday afternoon. Thanks for being with us today. About 15 minutes from first pitch, yeah, a little less than that, maybe even in Starkville for game one between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. A couple of reminders country music superstar Morgan Wallen is coming to Oxford, and Super Talk Mississippi is giving you one last chance to win tickets. You can register to win one last pair of sweet seat tickets simply by going to the Super Talk Mississippi app. Open up the app, click on contests. Fill out your info and you're entered to win the very last pair of sweet seat tickets that we have available to see Morgan Wallet in concert on Sunday, April 23rd. That is one week from this Sunday. Also, don't forget tomorrow you can join the Garden Mama, Nellie Neal, from 8 to 10 at Greenwood Marketplace in Greenwood. Come out and welcome spring with the Garden Mama at Greenwood Marketplace for weekend gardening. That's tomorrow, Saturday morning from 8 until 10. We are rolling into a busy weekend. Super busy weekend in Starkville. Super Bulldog weekend, which means the maroon and white game tomorrow. Mississippi State, are they practicing next week also after they play their spring game? Seems like I think, most I people think they're do. done. Okay. I think it's so, done. Spring practice basically done. Ole Miss, I think, has two practices scheduled after uh, Grove Bowl, which is happening tomorrow at 2 o'clock. So you get State's. Spring game at noon, Ole Miss's spring game at 2, baseball tomorrow afternoon at 3, first pitch for baseball tonight 
is at 6. They've got the concert that's happening at Duty Noble tomorrow night after the baseball game. And then you've got 1 o'clock baseball on Sunday. And there's lots of other stuff that's happening at Mississippi State as well, softball, etc. You can check all that out on their website at hailstate.com. Cool uh, moment so- just happened at the game, by the way. Uh, Ron Polk threw out the first pitch. Yeah. And, uh, of course, the, the stadium's up on their feet clapping and all that. Also, the entire Ole Miss team and coaches uh, out of the dugout in a line uh, doing the same. That's really cool. Pretty cool. Respect. Sports, man. Yeah. Ron Polk has always had a good relationship with Mike Bianco and vice versa. So, what really, do the, what, yeah. what do the kids say? Real, recognize, real? Isn't that what they say? Yeah, there you go. I don't know. You you're go. closer to being a kid than us, so you tell yeah, us. I don't feel <laughs> like it. Ha <laughs> ha, Bork! Ha <laughs> I, I saw a, a video today. It, some some guy that Rogan had on his podcast showed up on my YouTube feed, and he said, uh, if you sleep less than six hours a night, your body physically is ten years older than you actually are. So if you're one of those people that's like, oh, I sleep five hours and I'm good to go, he said, you are ten years ahead of where you should be. You're aging yourself by not sleeping. And I thought, mm. well, that explains a lot. I don't sleep. I try. I can't. I don't. And I'm explains 10 years why older I feel than so I feel. young all the time. <laughs> well, he also <laughs> said there's... an issue for Mr. Haydad. He, he said there's, a, there's right. a, like, you know, when you go too far, you know, too much of a good thing oh. is actually a bad thing. It, the right. eight hours a night thing is scientifically backed. And if you go less than that consistently, you are aging yourself. And that, that struck home right here. Very good. Very good. All right. Key to the weekend for Mississippi State. Hey, Dad. Bullpen. So, I mean, it, it, it really is just that simple. If, when they bring pitchers in, they have to throw strikes and get outs. If they, if they give up free passes, they will lose these games. We talked a lot of pitching with Jay Powell early in the uh, ball game or in the uh, show today. Um, Brad Henderson went the other way. And, and maybe you shouldn't have been surprised that the all-time hits leader at Ole Miss would talk about hitting being the uh, kind of the, the key factor. When you look at the ERAs, this is where we began today. The lowest ERA among the six scheduled starting picture, pitchers this weekend is freshman J.T. Quinn for Ole Miss who's going to throw on Sunday. And it's 5.18. You got a couple of sevens in there. You got a couple of sixes. You got a couple in the fives. Pitching hasn't been great. So maybe he's on to something about the timely hit. And, and I, I think it's not just hitting, right? It's who comes up with the two out hit with a runner on second. You know, who takes advantage after a walk and an error with a knock to score a couple of runs and put the pressure on the other team? Borky, what is it for you? What's the key to this weekend for Ole Miss? Uh, can you get extended starts on the mound? The bullpen uh, has uh, a lack of arms in general and then a deeper lack of quality arms. So so can Doherty give you five? I mean I mean can he can he get deep into the ball game? Can Rivas get you five or that that's the key for old misses. Can your starters at least a couple of them to to win yourself a pair of games be efficient and get you deep into the game to where you're not having to use four pitchers? If Ole Miss is using four pitchers tonight, they lose. Can you be efficient? And if they're not, then it's going to be a long weekend. Game one, just minutes away in Starkville. Ole Miss and Mississippi State on the diamond. 6 o'clock tonight, 3 o'clock tomorrow, 1 o'clock on Sunday. We will break it down with you on Monday. 
For Michael B- Borky, Bjorky, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Have a great weekend. business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll, MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff, MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.